Thank you all. That's a way to give them heaven, team. Thank you. Well, you know, when we sing and pray, and even when we don't, um, it really, in some ways, uh, Jesus is going to lead us to the cross, um, whether we want it or not. I was even joking with Dennis in the middle of the song, I'm like, can he lead me, not to my knees, but to a comfortable seat, you know, I mean, just a little, um, but uh, that's... Uh, not what he's going to do. He's going to lead us to what is the truth and, and what is good. And he's going to lead us and direct us according to, to his agenda and not ours. And that's what, what happens in our passage we're going to look at today. How the religious folks of uh, um, Jesus' day, um, they were really more about their agenda than Jesus' agenda. And, and as we'll see in our passage, it's rather clear in, in Luke chapter 20 that they, they came to Jesus you know, with what we call loaded questions. You know what I mean when I say a loaded question? You know, you've had people do this to you maybe, and you've done it to them. I, I did it to somebody this week, you know, where you come up to them and you say, Hey, so what are you doing Saturday morning? You know how that's a loaded question? You know, did you automatically sort of get anxious that I just said that? And you're wondering, well, what am, is he going to ask me to do on Sunday morning you know, or Saturday morning? You know, does, does he really care about what I'm doing on Saturday morning, or does he have an agenda with that question when I turned and asked you, what are you doing Saturday morning? And that's what we do with Jesus sometimes. We can come to Jesus just like the religious leaders, and we come with a loaded question where really we want Jesus to bless our agenda instead of set our agenda. And, and that's what we'll see with the religious leaders in Jesus' day. It's Luke chapter 20, um, and we'll start with verse 20, and we'll, we'll go through um, verse uh, 40, uh, but we'll break out. There's two qu- times that the religious leaders of Jesus ask him some questions. So it's uh, 8.55 in your pew Bible. Um, let's, uh, let's pray. Almighty God, may your spirit prepare us uh, to hear from you, to hear your good and perfect um, word, to to take us indeed to the cross, to take us indeed to your uh, sacrifice on our behalf, take us to that place of your, your cleansing and leading us into the ways of truth and in the power of the resurrection. We, we want to Set aside our agenda and take up yours. So help us to do that as we hear your word. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Alright, Luke chapter 20, starting with verse 20. Um, So they, being the religious leaders of the day, they watched him, being Jesus, and they sent spies who pretended to be honest in order to trap him by what he said. So as to hand him over to the jurisdiction and authority of the governor. So they asked him, Teacher, we know that you are right in what you say and teach. 
And you show deference to no one, but teach the way of God in accordance with truth. Is it lawful for us to pay taxes to the emperor or not? But he perceived their craftiness and said to them, Show me a denarius, which was a coin that day. Whose head and and whose title does it bear? They said, the emperor's. He said to them, then give to the emperor the things that are the emperor's and to God the things that are God's. And they were not able in the presence of the people to trap him by what he said. And being amazed by his answer, they became silent. So the, these religious leaders, they were not coming to God, in, coming to Jesus in order to, to really learn from Jesus. You know, they, they were not really wanting to hear what Jesus thought. They wanted somehow to trick him. And this is what happens in their lives. See, Jesus was causing a mess in their lives. You know, they had their system set up really nice. The, the religious system was working well. You know, they didn't like what Jesus was bringing, so they wanted somehow to trick him. They, they were not. The, and this is what happens with Jesus. You know, he enters our lives. He's always going to bring change. He's always going to bring change into my life. He's always going to bring change into yours. And he's always going to bring change into ours. Because Jesus' ultimate goal in us, as we talked about this last week, is to make us disciples. It's just to help us obey him. Because that's what's best for us. To, to, to lead us to become more and more like Christ. And then so until I arrive or you arrive or we arrive to that place, whenever we encounter Jesus, he's going to lead us in change. And if you're like me and you're like the, those religious leaders, we don't like that change because it messes up our agenda. It messes up our plans. It messes up our feng shui. Yeah, feng shui. How do you say it? Feng shui. shui. Thank you. Messes up that too. So these guys come to Jesus. Let me go to what I know, the Bible. There we go. And they are saying, you know, should we pay taxes to the emperor or not? Because the, the emperor you know, was pagan, was horrible, was evil, would cut off people's head at the slightest moment. Of course, you don't want us to pay taxes to the emperor. And, and what they were hoping is that Jesus would, would take the bait and say, No, don't pay Taxes to the evil emperor because um, you don't want to participate in such evil systems. You, you, don't, you don't want to be a part of that. And then when Jesus said that, when he would say that, then they would have him right there. They could turn him over to the Roman government and Jesus would be done. So Jesus, in response, he even took the, a coin you know, out of his pocket it was denarius. And on that coin, there would be a picture. And he says, well, whose picture's on there? Oh, Caesar's. He says, okay, well, then you give to Caesar. You know, what is Caesar? And you give to God's, what is God's? 
And, and, and even in that, you know, I mean, Jesus, Jesus himself is, is, is rather crafty. Because on that coin, on the denarius, there, there were a couple sayings. Um, one was that on one side of the coin, Tiberius Caesar, who was the Caesar of the day, emperor of the day, son of the divine Augustus. Now, could you, could you imagine if on any of our currency we said to the, to the uh, president, son of the divine, whatever the president's name was. You know, we'd be up in arms. That, you know, that's blasphemy, right? That, that, that's, that's idolatry. And yet, the very coin Jesus took out of his own pocket that he showed, he said, this, this even said has blasphemy on it. But he says, yeah, this, this belongs to them. Pay your taxes to your, your government. See, what I think about this story and what Jesus is saying, what agenda he is correcting in me, what the agenda he is correcting in the church by saying, pay your, your taxes even if it's this pagan evil government. We have the agenda. I can have the agenda. I think the church can often have the agenda of wanting to come to Jesus so that Jesus will take us out of the world. That Jesus will take us out of the evil mess that's in the world. Let's just have our own little Christian-gated community. You know, let's just let's just do our own own thing here. Let's pull ourselves out of the mess and the brokenness of the world. And what Jesus is saying is no. You go into the world. You 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 go into the world as as my people. You go into the mess and the brokenness of the world. Now, I, I want Jesus. My agenda is to come and gather here so that Jesus will take me out of the evil of the world. Right? I want him to take me out of it. I'm going to get rid of it. And Jesus is saying, no. Jesus is saying, this is why you come. This is why we gather together. We gather together to come to Jesus, yes. We gather together to be comforted in our brokenness. To be healed. To be confronted in the evil that is within us. We come to, to be transformed, to be made new, to join arm in arm, and then to be sent back into the world as His representatives of justice and righteousness, of grace and mercy and love. Our, our agenda can be, you know, take me out of this broken mess like this Roman government. Let us just say no to them. And never participate with them. Separate ourselves from them. And Jesus says, no. Go into the mess and the brokenness. I mean, I want Jesus to get me out of tough, evil situations like tithing. And, and confessing. And, and the consequences of my own sin as well. Right? Now, well, I come to Jesus, and Jesus says, great, come. Let, let, me, 
Let me bring you comfort and truth and peace, but I'm sending you back out there in order to obey, in order to do, in order to be my people in a broken world. I mean, we're called to be a powerful presence of grace and love and forgiveness in the midst of such evil and brokenness and to be a presence for truth and for goodness and for grace. When we gather before God, you know, our agenda, one of the things on our agenda, just even now when we gather before God, is to have God show us our own Pitiful agendas. You know, having God, you know, show me where my agenda is so pitiful compared to yours. Show me how my questions for you are loaded. Reveal that to me so that I can see, yeah, that, that what, what I want in my own little broken agenda is my own Security. I want my own fame. I want my own acclaim. I want my own popularity. You know, and it's it's not huge. I don't want a hundred published books, but how about one or two? No, that. And, and Jesus is saying, you know, here's my agenda for you. Let's just put that agenda aside. Point is to follow after mine. I mean, and we we may not be trying to trick Jesus like the Pharisees are here. You know, it's clear they're trying to trick him to demean him. And, and I, I don't think I'm trying to trick Jesus, and, and and you're not either. But I am trying to get Jesus to bless my agenda instead of set my agenda. And that's why it's important to recognize my own. So that I can set it aside and then turn to him and say, Will you set my agenda for life and for today? And we're, we're here to be those that carry out his agenda. Not our agenda, not my agenda, not yours, but his. And that's, that's what it means at the very end when he says, Now let God give to God what is God's. You know, by taking that, showing the coins, they're, they're not God. You know, give them that. But now, let God be. That means everything you got belongs to God. It's, he's the one that sets the agenda. All right. So the second trick, then the second trick question, then is they they come to him. Let's see, verse verse twenty seven. And this is now some Sadducees. Now, Sadducees are folks that don't believe in the resurrection. And uh, um, they give them a trick question along these lines. So, verse 27. Some Sadducees, those who say there is no resurrection, came to him. And they asked him a question. Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies, leaving a wife but no children, the man shall marry the widow and raise up children for his brother. Now, there were seven brothers. The first married and died childless. Then the second and the third married her. And so, in the same way, all seven died childless. And the woman married each one. A couple things about this. This this is what Moses taught. This is part of the way that you you cared for widows and um, uh, and in families with no children. So if this story were were real, that's exactly what would um, have happened. 
And, of course, you know, you stop just for a moment and just to think about this story for a second. You know, uh, who do you feel sorry for the most in this story here? I mean, I, you know, feel for the woman, you know. I mean, she's got to get a complex somewhere in this. You know, after marrying number four or five, she's, hey, there's a pattern here. Yeah, or, or maybe man number six or seven. They're like, here it comes. Um, yeah. Or maybe even mom and dad. I mean, the poor couple, they lost all seven of their kids, or their boys, and through this. So in the resurrection, therefore, they asked, whose wife will the woman be? For the seven had married her. Jesus said to them, Those who belong to this age marry and are given in marriage. But those who are considered worthy of a place in that age and in the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. Indeed, they cannot die anymore because they are like angels and are children of God, being children of the resurrection. And the fact that the dead are raised... Moses himself showed in the story about the bush where he speaks of the Lord as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Now he is God not of the dead, but of the living. For to him all of them are alive. Then some of the scribes answered, Teacher, you've spoken well. For they no longer dared to ask him another question so they they don't believe in the resurrection they want to trick Jesus somehow with this um, this this sort of uh, this kind of um, story this uh, thinking that uh, and it actually it was a, a common story of the day. It was one of those things like, you know, can God make an immovable force or an unstoppable force and an immovable object? You know, sort of the logical um, uh, playing with that to say, well, um, you you just played with the logic of the day instead of really trying to seek God. And so Jesus then gives him some rather strong words in response and some really interesting teachings I mean, the the first trick was about earth. The second trick is about heaven and our agendas about heaven. And he he tells them, you don't understand heaven. Um, First off, heaven is real. That's one of the things you've got to get from here. He says, listen, you quoted Moses, so am I. When Moses was at the burning bush, God introduced himself. I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yeah, and they, I am not the God of those who are dead. I am the God of those who are alive. So Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, even though they were dead then in Moses' day, they were alive because God is the God of the resurrection. Heaven is real. The resurrection is real. So he wants to give that to you uh, first up. And then he says, now, you guys do not understand the ways of heaven. One, Heaven, the the way of heaven, this existence with God uh, face to face, in God and all of his purity, it will be very different than our existence on earth. It is not just our existence on earth on steroids. It is a, a glorified way of engaging with one another, of which Jesus says, you know, 
there's not marriage in heaven. We're not given to marriage in heaven. We are here on earth. That's really interesting, isn't it? What, what's, what's he saying there? What are some of the things that he's, he's getting uh, to there? Now, um, I've got a few things to, to say around this, and some of them are going to embarrass about four, maybe three people in this room a lot who are biologically or married to me. It was great in first service. They weren't here. Did anybody let you know what I was going to say? Good. Nobody? I told them not to. But what, what's, what's he getting at there? For, for some of us, that, that might catch us there. But I say, wait a minute. I thought marriage was a great thing. It is. But what does it mean it's not in heaven? And, and does that mean there's no sex in heaven? Well, that might be a shocker for some as well. Well, and there's, well, there's no need for procreation. You know, what's, what is that about? Well, I, I want to tell you a couple things. One, I love my wife. I, I want to be with her more than I want to be with any of y'all in this room. And I said that in first service, too, and she wasn't here. And that, I promise you, I'm not bothering up. Her birthday's coming up. Not my, I mean, this is not for her birthday. But that is God's gift to me. I'm not sure what she would say about it. But what that means to me has nothing to denigrate or bring lower my relationship with her. It just means as much as I want to be with her when Jesus is shining through in pure beauty and light, I will want to be with you as much as I want to be with her. That's what that means. And that that's the power of Jesus' beauty when it truly shines in you and through you and in me and through us all. That we will have that desire to be with one another. And no, I don't believe there's sex in heaven because pleasure will be so great before Jesus and with one another that there is no sexual act that can ever even meet in its highest point the pleasure we will have in being with Jesus. And that's the picture of heaven. That kind of joy and pleasure forever with one another and with God. Now, again, in no way, I meant to tell you this too, I like sex too. As God created it between a man and a woman in committed marriage until death do them part, I believe in that and I enjoy that. I told you they're going to get embarrassed. Uh, I might be turning a little red myself. But the fact that our reaction to saying, wait a minute, no sex in heaven, no, what's heaven? I don't know if I want to go to heaven then. Right? I mean, we have that response. What is that revealing? It's revealing that our agendas are made more by the hypersexualized element of this world than it is Jesus and his beauty. Because today, man, we define everything by sex identity and meaning and life itself. And we have gotten so far off off of defining life by Jesus and the one who created it. And so that that sense, and and also in, in in the church, we can idolize family. 
And the fact, oh, wait a minute, no marriage in heaven, whoa, wait a minute. Again, that's a sign to us, a little bit of a warning that is my agenda for heaven set by me or set for Jesus. You know, if it's possible for, for me to, to start to imagine heaven just about food and fun and friends, which are all good, those are all great and part of but if I can imagine heaven and start to think of that and look forward to that, that's more about my escape than it is me, because I never mentioned Jesus. It's more about my escape than it is being with Jesus and seeing Him face to face. And that is the beauty and reality of heaven. And if we can imagine heaven without Jesus, then what that probably reveals, I know what it reveals in me, and I'm willing to bet it reveals it in a lot of us, that what we want is Jesus' blessing more than we want Jesus. And that is what He's correcting in the Pharisees, and what he's correcting in religious people today. Do you want me, or do you want my blessing? And, and the thing is, that to get Jesus is to get his blessing. You know, To get Jesus is to get his truth. But, I mean, it, but there's some radical stuff. I mean, you've been reading through Luke? You know, it's, it's radical stuff. It's, it's messed up. Stuff, you know, compared to the ways of this world. Right? And that's... But, but it, it, is, it is... I fully believe it is life. What I have experienced is it is beauty and it is true. And I need to continue to have my agenda come in submission to His. Now, the, the last thing that He says there is He's teaching about heaven, again, which will push us, is He says not everybody's going. I mean, if you, I, you know, I didn't really catch that as I'm first reading it. But he says, you know, for those who have been made worthy to be there. And, and what we know from the scriptures, those are made worthy by the death of Jesus Christ and the power of his resurrection. So for any and all who are in him, they are with Jesus forever. But not everybody's going. And that's another and, and Jesus is clear about that um, throughout the, the, the New Testament. But that's another way where a number of us might like, whoa, <laughs> we get pushed back on that one. And that's another way where society's agenda has set our agenda instead of Jesus. Because it, it's clear there what he has said. Now, you might have some of these things that you don't like. I didn't. Yeah, and we want to argue with Jesus. Well, you might want to go ask him some questions. Just be sure they're not loaded. Just be sure they're clear questions. Jesus, I want to know your truth to this. I want to know your truth. I want to know what you're speaking. Not what I want to hear. Not what makes me feel good. Not what's easier. But I want to know what you are teaching us. Reveal to me my agenda. Help me to listen, set it aside, so that I might truly hear your agenda and receive you. Amen.